welcome to Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post for the first of what we hope will be many shows covering the 2020-21 season uh, over the coming weeks and months. As we continue having to watch the beautiful game from afar because of coronavirus, uh, our first show sees us take a quick look at the Premier League and the so far contrasting fortunes of our two Yorkshire clubs, Sheffield United and Leeds United. After impressing everybody with the way they embraced the challenge of life in the top flight last time out, it has been a bit of a struggle for Sheffield United to maintain that pace, currently sitting set and bottom at the bottom of the standings after suffering three straight defeats and being unable to score a single goal. By contrast, Leeds, buoyed by being back in the Premier League for the first time in 16 years, have got off to a relative flyer. Following an exhilarating 4-3 opening day defeat at Champions Liverpool, reverse that scoreline to beat Fulham at home the following week before tightening things up to edge out the blades in Sunday's derby at Bramall Lane. Our football, titan, our football writing team of Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobshaw will join us in a few moments to discuss the start to the season for both clubs, as well as look ahead to their respective games this weekend against Arsenal for the Blades and Manchester City who visit Ellen Road. YorkshirePost.co.uk OK, uh, well, as mentioned at the top of the show, we're, we're joined by uh, Leon Wobshaw and uh, Stuart Rayner, our uh, two uh, football writers. Um... Primarily, chaps, we're here to talk about the Premier League initially, our first podcast of the season. You've been that busy uh, and proven elusive uh, that this is the first chance we've had a chance to uh, sort of sit down, uh, well, not together, but in our three various um, Wi-Fi hotspots and, and chat about uh, the season so far. Um, Stuart, you, well, both, both of you first. I mean, you've, you've obviously seen both teams play, uh, Sheffield United and Leeds United, contrasting fortunes so far. But Stuart, I mean... Regarding Sheffield United, we'll go with them first because they've been there a bit longer for no other reason. But are are there things that we should be worried about just yet? Um, Well, yes. Going back into last season, they've lost six games on the trot. So, you know, whatever whatever the reasons, whatever the excuses, yes, we should be worried if they've... uh, if they've done that, you know, it's been a, it's been a difficult time for them. They've had some they've had some bad luck. You know, I think all three of the games they've lost this season have been pretty tight and, and decided by small factors. But the fact is, they have lost them. And they, you know, they need to get uh, they need to get things turned around. Leon, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, I mean, with uh, I suppose you look at Sheffield United's start. Last season, it was a, it was a strong start, and things went sort of well for them. And it often happens, doesn't it, when you when you're having a bit of a bad run, like Stewart says, six in a row, things can sort of go against you a little bit, can't you? And there's, you know, they had a run without no serious injuries last season. They've got one now in in, in Jack O'Connell, um, struggling struggling to score goals. And I, I think there's um, I don't know what Stewart thinks. There's, def, there's definitely an issue with pace in that team. Yeah. You know, a great a great team. They're, they're they're solid. They work for each other. They've got a lot of talent. But I, I just uh, I, mean, I did the game against um, uh, against Wolves, and it was just a, just a big a big chasm in terms of the pace between both sides. And that that's a worry. I mean, obviously they they're trying to bring in Ryan Brewster, and they've they bought the likes of Bogle and uh, and Low and uh, Ampadu as well. Maybe they can you know address that situation and improve it but that will be the worry for me the, the, the pace aspect and, and the fact they're not um, scoring um, goals as well that's uh, it is a bit of a worry I know it's early season but um, yeah it, it's a concern I, th- I think it, you know it's something even Chris Wilder's spoken about you know he's been very open about the fact that he, he's looking to bring in a striker with pace so you know that backs up everything Leon says and 
you know, the fact that they haven't scored a league goal this season speaks yeah. for itself. You know, it's some, it's something they have to address. I, I I think to be honest, I think they've got I think they've got issues really really through the through the spine of the side. You know, I'm not yeah. concerned about yeah. the goalkeeper. Aaron Ramsdale's been a already shown he's a good replacement for Dean Henderson, but obviously the injury to Jack O'Connell is, is a massive blow. The form of Oliver Norwood, who's lost his place in the side as a holding midfielder, is a bit of a concern. You know, and the contractual situation with John Lundstrom, whose uh, who's deal is up at the end of the season, that, that's a concern too, because his goals were a, were a big part of the, that team. You know, and all those little things added together, you know, suddenly becomes, uh, becomes a bit of an issue. Is is the is um the sort of um tactical lack of well the lack of um plan B uh, as has been alluded to at times in the past regarding Sheffield United and the way they play a lot has been made about the style that they employ and that it is that one style and it worked for them um, brilliantly last season. Does do they have a plan B or is that being a bit harsh on Chris Wilder? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he, he was sort of speaking about having a few uh, tactical sort of th- things up his sleeve. I, I think. You know, a lot of people, a lot of other teams obviously seen how Sheffield United operated last season. A lot's made of the overlapping, you know, centre halves, things like that. You have to sort of come up with something else, don't you? And Wilder sort of sort of said that, but we've we've not really seen it yet, have we? Really, that's um, that will be the concern as, as well. But it's only it's only three games in, so we'll um, just have to wait and see. I, I think the fact that it might suit. Um, Chris, in a way, you know, a lot of a lot of people are starting to, you know, the question the form, and maybe he can get them to, you know, get a bit of a siege mentality. He's been good at that before, hasn't he? When when they're in the in the championship, so I certainly wouldn't um, write them off in, in in that regard. But yeah, they're just finding the way, aren't they? And they've obviously got a few new players in, and um, there's certainly issues there for them at the minute. I, I think, in fairness, you know, because they've brought different players in. You know they they are changing slightly, and you know whether it's for better or for worse, we'll have to we'll have to decide in the long run. But you know, Ethan Ampadu is a, is a is a different player to Chris Basham who plays that role, or to Johnny. And you know, he's he's a better passer. He's weaker in other areas. You know, with Oliver Burke in the team, you know, we saw at Leeds in particular how well he, he ran the ran the channels. In fact, all the games he's played. You know, but then you lose things in other areas, and it, it, it's just a case of you know, can they? Can they strike that right balance in terms of gaining different things, but not losing too much the other way? And you know that's something yeah. that needs a lot of training ground work. And Sheffield United, like every team in England, um, have not had much much training ground time since last season. Yeah, I, I sort of agree with you there. I think it's it's come at a good time this this next international break. They'll obviously have the Arsenal game, then then um, obviously the, the the two weeks off. I, I think a big thing for them is getting the best out of Sander Berg, isn't it? I don't know what you think. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously. Came in with a you know club record signing, a big reputation. It's just sort of they haven't really got the best out of him yet, have they? And um, are they going to have him in that sort of central midfield berth, sort of calling the shots ahead of ahead of Norwood? That would be the um, you know the, the interesting one. Um, you know, I just really think they've got to find a way of getting the best out of out of him. I know Chris is big on the collective thing and not individuals, but. You know, getting the best out of, um, of of Berg is is a really big thing for me. It's interesting as well because um, at the back of the last season during the restart, Berg seemed to be finding his form quite well as the right-sided midfielder playing in you know what we'd call the John Lundstrom role. I mean, you know, Leon saw him again against yeah. Wolves last season where he did very well there, and it's interesting that this season 
mindset's changed and he's, he's reverted to the, the holding midfield role. So, as Leon says, they, they have to decide what, what the best role is for him, really. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the international break coming up there, Leon, but obviously they have that one game beforehand, um, stating the obvious in one way, but they don't really want to go into the international break with no points on the board, and it's a tough one at Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's it goes on to the thing that probably alluded to earlier. Little little things maybe going against Sheffield United, whereas they went for them at the start of last season, didn't they? They've got Arsenal, and I think um, I think pretty soon after the international break, they're also playing the likes of Liverpool, Man City, and and Chelsea. I think they've got a game um, squeezed in against Fulham there, which first one you know, back, yeah. Already looks a bit of a big one. So yeah, I mean. I, I think you know. I think Chris will speak about the you know the backs of the walls siege mentality thing. I would expect him to talk a bit about that in the press conference. You know, having a go at people, maybe writing writing them off a little bit to maybe get a hopefully get a bit of reaction from his boys. And they got a good result at Arsenal um, last season, didn't they? So you know they should take confidence from that. I certainly wouldn't write them off. I mean, you look at I remember was it last autumn Burnley had a they had a, a bit of a bad run similar in a lot of respects to Sheffield United and you know there were a lot of people questioning them and they, they managed to turn it round so maybe they can take a little bit of inspiration from there but it's it, it's early days I certainly wouldn't wouldn't back against them but it would I think for you know confidence reasons it would be great if they, they could just get a get a draw that would be a terrific result on, on Sunday and Stuart you, you wrote early in the week didn't you I think our buy it was a case of just patience and, and waiting for the for the sort of tweaks that have gone on in the uh, close season to sort of take full effect in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you know, they were written off in a lot of quarters after their poor results on the on the restart last season. You know, people were saying, have they, have they been found out and all this sort of thing? And then they responded with, you know, with some really good results against uh, Chelsea and Tottenham and Wolves and what have you. So this, this is, you know, their methods do work. This is a team that, as Leon's alluded to, you know, almost enjoys... Well, it does enjoy proving the proving the doubters wrong when they're written off. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think yeah. anybody should panic. But as Leon says, you know, they they, they just need the result for their own confidence because the you know the last three games they've been able to point to individual moments and said you know but for this we we would have won. But ultimately the time comes when you just have to win. Obviously, that last uh, the last of those um, three defeats came on Sunday. Uh, first Premier League York, uh, your derby between uh, Sheffield United and Leeds in I think 26, 27 years or something like that it went the way of Leeds um, so, I mean which brings us nicely on to Leeds so by contrast obviously um, they've had a they've had a great start really when you when, when you weigh everything up with the way uh, you know that given how long they've been away and and uh, the, the sort of pressure that was on them given that they came up as champions um, the way they started Play, scoring seven goals and conceding seven goals, winning one, losing one. Obviously, that first match at, at Anfield against Liverpool. Has it surprised you the way that they've attacked the Premier League, Liam? No, I don't think so. I mean, they just carried on where they pretty much left off at the uh, at the end of last season, where they absolutely stormed to promotion, didn't they? I was um, just doing a little little bit this morning, uh, looking at a few of the numbers, and they won fourteen out of eighteen games. So they've got a they've got a real winning mentality there, and you know they've got a an intense way of playing. And Marcelo Bielsa has been consistent, hasn't he? He's not gonna he's not gonna change the way he's you know he he approaches things. He's always been you know consistent in his in his methods, and they've they've been a, a breath of fresh air. I mean, obviously it was a bit um, 
first two games, you know, it showed the good and the, and the bad in, in the respect that the att- attacking play has been outstanding, but they obviously let let seven goals in as well. So I, I think the um, the fact they kept a clean sheet, you know, in the derby game on on, on Sunday away from home, um, that that could be massive for Leeds going forward. Obviously, Robin Cock had given away a couple of penalties in the games against Liverpool and Fulham. He was a lot more a lot more solid and, and showed why they obviously wanted to bring him to the club. So, you know, I think that's a, along with the attacking acumen and way that, you know, delighted the neutrals going forward, you know, that, that defensive aspect, I think, was is key as well um, going forward. Yeah, Stuart, I mean, the, they spent a lot of money and I think um, maybe even by the time this podcast comes out later on, uh, on what are we now, Wednesday, um, they may have sort of taken their spending up to around the eighty million mark with the addition of Michael uh, Cuisance, the midfielder from Bayern. Is it surprise? Obviously, they need every team that comes up needs to strengthen, but a lot of teams that come up probably struggle in terms of the finances and don't have the means to spend big. But Leeds have probably been a rare exception. Probably Wolves, the only other team in recent years to do similar in that they have spent quite big for a promoted team. Has that surprised you? No, not really. I, I think I think you could see their intent from the moment they they came up to to not buy a lot of players, but just to target specific areas. And you know, you you're right. They have spent quite a lot of money. But when when you look at the figures we're talking about, you know, twenty million here, fifteen million there, twenty seven million here, those sort of numbers, it's a lot of money. But it's about half what Manchester City would pay for a fullback. Yeah. You know, um, it's they're. They're, they're spending the Premier League money that they're getting in, you know. Um, they're, they're not they're not being ridiculous about it. I think I think the big thing for them is that they're they're able to attract perhaps a higher caliber of player than a newly promoted side normally would be able to because of the reputation Marcelo Bielsa's got. Uh, Leon, I've got to say, I mean, Leon, they've made some key additions, but it, I guess it kind of is in keeping because. Um, I was reading the other day um, one of the one of the pieces from one of you guys. I can't remember which one, so forgive me. But about how how Bielsa likes to keep his squad fairly tight, and and doesn't like a lot of baggage. Hence why there's a lot of sort of loan deals with players, younger players in particular, going out. Um, so I suppose it has sort of been kept to a minimum the buy-in. It's just it's just the figures I suppose that have maybe caught a few people by surprise. I think Stuart's right. Obviously, Bielz is the he's a big trump card for people who were, you know, players from the continent who want to come to Leeds. I think as well you've got to mention, you know, Victor Orta as well. I mean, he, he had some criticism at the start when he went in at Leeds, but he's he's obviously got a vast contact book and uh, he's certainly utilising it to bring in the uh, you know a, a couple of big players from from Spain in particular. And you know, you know people forget about his time at Middlesbrough. Brought people like Adama Traore in there so you know I don't think it's important not to, to downplay his role and Leeds haven't panicked either there was a lot of noise in you know in high summer they haven't particularly done a lot of business but they've, they've sort of kept calm and as Stuart said they've sort of strategically tar- targeted certain areas and um, I think you know they've brought in the players at the right time they're bringing in the likes of Laurenti in and, and, and Cuisance and there'll be a view there to get them you know, ship shape and fully match fit and right and conversant in how Bielsa wants to play. Probably after the, uh, the, the you know the international break in, in the autumn, and obviously we're going to see the, maybe see the best of them 
come the autumn and winter when the games are starting to come uh, thick and fast. I, I think you've got to mention Bamford as well. He's well, yeah. was a big question mark about him, wasn't there? And he, he stepped up to the plate. I was going to say Bamford. I was going to mention Bamford, obviously, because he's tied in with one of the signings that have been brought in, Rodrigo, who was seen as one as a player or the latest player to try and elbow Mr. Bamford out of his uh, starting place in the lineup. But um, how Patrick Bamford has reacted, Stuart, um, has been has been fantastic, hasn't it? He couldn't have asked for any more, Mr. Marcelo Bielsa. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Leon made a very telling point earlier when he was talking about Sheffield United and the start they had last season and what that did for their confidence. You know, that's, that's true of Leeds as a team, and it's, it's obviously true of Bamford as an, an, as an individual, you know. And I think a lot yeah. of that confidence comes from the, comes from the faith Marcelo Bielsa has shown in him. Yeah. You know, last season there were lots of question marks in it, uh, about Bamford, but Bielsa was resolutely behind him, you know. And, and having having got that first Premier League goal on the opening weekend, his confidence just seems to have snowballed. There's been no... There's been no rush to bring Rodrigo in, in into, into the, the position, as, as Leon says. That's that's not really the way Bielsa works. Uh, and Bamford, you know, understands exactly what's required from him. That in itself gives you a lot of confidence. Uh, and he's just been able to build from there. And, you know, we, we sometimes see with players that they, you know, they, they have a crack at the Premier League at, at a younger age, and it doesn't really work for them. And sometimes we're yeah. all guilty of writing people off who's just not being capable of playing at that level. But yeah. some players yeah. you know, do benefit from a bit of time away, you know, reflecting, developing as, as, as people and as players, and could come back much stronger for it. And, and you know, Bamford at the moment would seem to be one of those players. Yeah, I think I think he's Stuart, he's a bit of a confidence player, Bamford, clearly, isn't he? I remember when you know, to get the best out of him. I remember when he had the spell at Middlesbrough when he when he excelled under under I talk and he and he and he thought the world of him and Bielsa, you know, obviously does as well. He, he's stuck by him, and you know, you look at Bamford when he had his spells at the likes of was it Crystal Palace and Burnley, and it never really happened for him. He wasn't used much. He was little little bit part pieces from the bench, and you know, you could probably point to his confidence dipping there. But you know, he's coming into the season off the back of a a strong year with with Leeds, another promotion season. And what is he? Twenty seven now, so he's he's sort of at his, at his peak, really, isn't he? And um, and this yeah. is his this is his time. And you know he's he's taking his taking his chances um, excellently. You know his performance against against Fulham, he scored, but he he also showed his importance as a as a creator. And um, you know he's a he's a huge player for Leeds going forward. And Bielsa Bielsa trusts him, and I think when you've got his trust. Then you can you can certainly go a long way, and you'll feel tenfold tall. And talking yeah, about, I mean, I'll oh, go on, I Stuart. Think the important thing in that derby, sorry, Phil, was that you know he, he missed two headers early on, but but the, yeah. the sign of a good striker is that you still have that self belief to go for the next one, you know. And and I think that that shows what Leon's saying about the you know the place he's in at the moment mentally, and you know he's he's yeah. reaping the benefits. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you obviously talk about Bielsa. Just a quick word about him before we move on to the. The two games at the weekends and some sort of predictions from you guys. This, this given where he's coached, he's coached at the highest levels all over the place. Um, but th- this season will prove to be one of the biggest tests of his long coaching career, won't it? Because because he's coming up against some of the most talented, most uh, forward thinking managers and coaches uh, in the world, isn't he? A lot of them who who actually look up to him as some kind of inspiration to them. Yeah, I mean, when you look at him, he's managed. In, you know, he managed the World Cups with Chile at the highest level in. In Spain and Argentina, so at this stage of his career, time of life, nothing's nothing, nothing's going to phase him. He's he's 
he's seen it all and, and done it all. And I just think he he'll really relish the challenge. And um, he, you know, he's probably not really an emotional guy. Doesn't say too much in that regard. But he'll, he'll you know, he'll be inspired to to get Leeds established at, at the top end of the of the Premiership, hopefully. And he'll he'll relish all the you know the, the tactical nuances and and the um, you know the strategic battles with. With the Mourinho's and, and, and the Guardiola's, so you know he's a, he's perfect in that respect for Leeds. You know, and, and in the first season back in, in the big time, I'm, I'm sure Leeds will be, will be fine this season and, and have a have a pretty strong season. Do you agree, Stuart? How do you how do you think Bielsa will fare against uh, some of the greatest mind, coaching minds around? I, I, I think he'll do very well. You know, there's a reason these people idolise him and, and not too much the other way other way around you know I think you know when you talk about it being one of the biggest seasons of his career you know looking at it from an English perspective you know this is the biggest league in the world and if you're a Leeds United fan Leeds United are the biggest football club in the world but you know from Bielsa's perspective he's, he's managed Argentina in a World Cup yeah you know that that for him is probably the you know the yeah. biggest test you know he's managed other big clubs before I don't think I don't think this is going to phase him in, in any way shape or form yeah. You know, I think if anything, uh, this is probably just a good opportunity for him to to further enhance his reputation. You know, because he's he's almost bringing his football to a new audience because there are you know a lot of lot of people in in this country who, who don't really look at football beyond the Premier League, and and, and these last few weeks have been a bit of a revelation. For them. Um, he's a he's a he's a world class manager, and I expect him to. And the season with his reputation much stronger. Good, good. Um, I, can't see him, I can't see him panicking either, Phil. I mean, he's, yeah. he's. You look at the time in the last two seasons when you know Leeds was so desperate to get over the line and, and get back in the Premier League, and you, you know it was it was they had some bumps in the road along the way and and the odd setback, but he 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 certainly kept calm and true to his principles and. I'm sure that'll happen again. I mean, I, I dare say at some, at some point this season, Leeds will. Cop a heavy defeat or two. That's that's the nature of the beast. Uh, you know, sometimes for promoted teams, and I don't think Leeds will be any different. But he will, Bielsa will keep steadfast and uh, and consistent in, in his approach. And they've um, they've got the calmest man in the building there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're all in agreement that he'll uh, he'll, he'll prosper uh, at the top uh, flight. Just just lastly, before I let you go, because I know you both got uh, very busy lives and got better things to do than talk to me. But um, this weekend, obviously, Leeds will come up, or Bielsa will come up against one of those uh, great footballing minds that we've spoken about just in Pep Guardiola. Uh, Manchester City coming into the back of it, um, uh, the clash at, uh, on Saturday, on a bit of a, a, a defeat that surprised quite a few people, probably, uh, when they went down to Leicester at the weekend. Yeah, I think, um, I think the encouraging thing for, for Leeds United's point of view is that Manchester City continue to look vulnerable defensively. Mm. You know, and Leeds are one of, the, one of those teams who... Who will attack them and will, you know, try and expose that um, that weakness of them. So you know, we we could be we could be in for a similar game to the, the sort of game we saw at Anfield on the opening day of the season. I was going to say, do you expect a four three or a one nil? <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, I, I don't want to I don't want to jinx it, uh, but I would lean more towards a four three. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's the way that Leeds will approach it, and that's the way Manchester City will approach it. They both got very good. At, Attacking players, so who comes out on top? You know, you'd have to, you'd still have to fancy Manchester City because of the quality they've got. But I, I do think it, it could be a game where they could really 
test out that glass chin of theirs and uh, and hopefully well, hopefully shock them but even if if not you know be able to take confidence in the way they go about yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's never a great time to, to face Man- Manchester City is there really but I, I think there's um, um, there's probably slightly better times to face I and mean, you probably would, would say now when you're coming back off a heavy heavy defeat to Leicester and I think they've also got issues in that defensive midfield area haven't they and um, yeah. Get, getting bypassed a little bit there so it, it should be a fascinating game and as Stuart said you know you'd, you'd like to hope it might be another another 4-3 thriller but oft, often when you build these things up it turns into a nil nil or a nil one or a one nil doesn't it so we'll, we'll have to wait and see but the cards are certainly stat right and um, yeah. it should be an entertaining one Yeah, we briefly touched on it obviously but just quickly um, Sheffield United obviously at Arsenal on Sunday one of six kick uh, matches taking place in the Premier League on Sunday um, as we said you know anything, if they can get anything from that game they'll, they'll be grateful for that won't they just to sort of get up and running um, but it, but Arsenal I know they lost at Liverpool on Monday but Arsenal have been in some rich form themselves of late Stuart yeah they, they feel like um, as time goes on they're, they're getting more attuned to Mikel Arteta's way of playing uh, I mean, you know, Sheffield United beat them at Bramall Lane last season, drew at the Emirates, and had a very narrow defeat for them in the FA Cup. Um, so they, they certainly shouldn't fear Arsenal. Um, but it is, a, it, it, it is a tough game for a team looking to build a bit of confidence, it has to be said. Yeah. Leon, you agree? Yeah, I think it'll. I think it will be one of those where it'll, it'll have to be quite pragmatic, Chris, and He'll be happy if they're sort of, if they can get to half time, you know, no, no concessions, and then you know, go into the second half maybe after an hour or so, you know, become a little bit more adventurous, maybe and hope to nick one from a from a set play. But they'll they'll certainly I don't, can't see them taking on Arsenal and going um, uh, toe for toe. It's it's one of those occasions. You know, the first goal could be a could be a big one in that game, and you know, the first certainly the first half an hour just a case of trying to. Trying to keep it tight, and if they can get, you know, if they can get through to to half time, a clean sheet, that'd be no mean feat at Arsenal, would, wouldn't it? And uh, give them a bit of confidence. But I certainly wouldn't, um, certainly wouldn't write them off. And um, I think Chris will be quite happy for for the uh, for, for many journalists, Southern-based journalists, to do that. That'll be meat and drink for him. But um, we'll we'll have to see, and let's just hope they can they can get something to take into the into the break. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to our football writers, Stuart Rayner and Liam Wobshill, who will join us again, all being well, next week to focus on the start of the campaign by Yorkshire's Championship Clubs. In the meantime, you can keep updated with all the latest football news for Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash football. That's www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash football. And you can keep an eye on the latest news affecting Yorkshire's uh, various clubs uh, via our Twitter feed, which is on at YP Sport or at the YP Football. We also have a host of Facebook pages, and if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport or Yorkshire Post Football, you should find us quite easily on there. Uh, if you've got any questions for our writers, particularly uh, um, regarding the, uh, our championship clubs who we're going to be covering next week uh, and their start to the season, get in touch with us via those Twitter or Facebook pages or just email us directly, marking it football talk podcast at yp.sport at jprmedia.co.uk. That's yp.sport at jprmedia.co.uk. Thanks for listening as ever. Take care of yourselves and each other and goodbye for now.